morning. Uh, later in the service, we will uh, be taking up our commitment cards for Thrive, so just hang on to those. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But today, I get to give a message that, out of one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It is my life verse. It's also our memory verse, and I could honestly just stand up here with a Bible and probably teach this, these three, uh, nine verses without any notes. But the reason I have notes is you guys would just hear the same stories and the same things over and over. And that's the beauty of the Bible. You can go to Scripture, and depending on where you are in life, it reads you differently based on where you are, what you're, things you've experienced, and things you've learned. So this is why I encourage you to continue to read your Bible. Get into the Word, as we say, until the Word gets into you. The first time this, these verses kind of spoke to me was December 2010. I was reading through the book of Joshua, and I got about nine verses in. You've heard this story if you've been around a while. And I noticed something that I'd never noticed before, at least not in the way that it was hitting me at that time. I was in a season of life where I was questioning and searching for God's direction on what he wanted me to do, where he wanted me to go. And really four words captured my attention and began to swirl around in my life and pop up in different areas. And it ultimately led to planning this church here in Blue Ash. But before we get too far this morning, let's just invite God to meet us right where we are and have him speak to us this morning. Will you, will you pray with me? God, thanks so much uh, for today. Would you come in the only way that you can by the power of your Holy Spirit and keep us focused on what you have for us. God, stretch us and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. My name is Andy. If I haven't introduced myself or not met you, I'd love to do so afterwards. If this is your first time joining us online or in person, we're glad you are here. We're wrapping up our series, A Familiar Journey. And uh, if you haven't grabbed the journal in the back that look exactly like these, these were designed with you in mind. They have a reading plan in there, and there's places in there that you can take notes or journal as you read through the reading plan as well. We're headed to the book of Joshua if you're following along in your Bibles, but this, this familiar journey we've been talking about is really about this, the Israelites going on a journey that God was guiding them with a uh, cloud by day and fire by night, and he was taking them to the promised land. They were promised lots of promises, promises of land and freedom. They got to experience God move in miraculous ways. And why some of these things don't become familiar in their life, we don't know. But finally they get there. They're finally at the edge of the promised land. And then God appoints a new leader. Their, their old leader Moses has passed away and now he's appointed a new leader. And before we look at these nine verses this morning... I want to challenge us to try to, the best that we can, pause enough to insert ourselves into the Israelite story here. As a recap, remember, you're trying to insert yourself in the story. The Israelites have been freed from slavery. They've been rescued. They've been provided this miracle of manna. They, they've been given promises of God. They've been in the desert for 40 years. Their original leader has, has passed. Moses has passed. The original Israelites who saw these big miracles of God parting the Red Sea, uh, they have also passed with the exception of a couple of people, Joshua and Caleb. And I'm sure they've mourned the loss of Moses, their, their great leader, who diligently captured everything that happened from their story to their history, from laws and commandments, everything God has done, they have in written format. And if you were living during this time in history, you grew up hearing these big stories, these big miracles from God, these promises of 
that there's this land going to be filled with milk and honey, a blessed land. Someday we're going to enter into this promised land. Now, if I insert myself into that story, I can't help but think that this familiar story that's told over and over becomes one of those things. It's just one of those these, you know, one of those days is going to happen. Something way out in the future. Something that just becomes a story that you, you told as days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years. Someday we're going to enter the promised land. Now, we don't really know how they reacted to this. We don't know what they were thinking in these times. But it's hard not to think that that eager anticipation that they once had drifted as this story became longer and longer. Maybe it was just something they just now told around the fire at night. Like, here's this thing that's going to happen someday. Let's read the story for ourselves. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite countries, all the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's about as far as I got that December in 2010, when I noticed it said, be strong and courageous, three times within the first nine verses. And I remember pausing that day and saying to myself, I think God is trying to tell Joshua something. And that verse began to speak to me. And that verse challenges me, even today. But let's go back and see what God might have been saying to Joshua. What is he trying to communicate to Joshua and the Israelites? It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. This was not new new information. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. And he says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We'll hear that again later. And then here it is. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. God gives Joshua, his marching order, he's the next man up, right? Prepare, get ready, he says. 
we're about to do the very thing that I've been promising and I've been talking about. Joshua, the new leader of Israel, of the Israelites, hasn't been given a real long grace period up to this point to acclimate to this new leadership role. But God, the ultimate leader, knows exactly what leaders need, especially new leaders. They certainly need direction, but most of all, they need encouragement. And God provides direction by telling Joshua, get ready and get the people ready because we're about to do the very thing we've been talking about all these years. Now notice God doesn't tell him how to do it, right? God tells Joshua that he will give them every place they set their feet, just as it was promised to Moses. And God also gives Joshua boundaries to these promised lands. So Joshua has the what, but not necessarily the how. This is yet another great leadership principle. When you have the right people on the right team, you can tell them what you expect them to do and trust that they can figure out how to get it done. And right after God explained the what, God gives Joshua the second thing a leader needs, maybe the most important thing. He's given him the direction. He's given him the what. He gives him encouragement. It says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, that's some pretty good encouragement. Don't worry, I got you, God says. Nobody can stand against you. This is my fight, God is saying. And then God kind of doubles down on the encouragement by telling Joshua that he will never leave him. He will never forsake him. Again, trying to insert myself into this story, I have to imagine when you get that kind of encouragement from the creator of the universe, it gets a little pep in your step, right? Like a bit of confidence to take this next step that you feel like God's calling you to. I mean, after all, Joshua himself has seen God on the front lines of battle. When God helped them defeat armies, they had no business defeating. And I believe if we did more of this kind of thing, more encouraging Instead of discouraging, we would see God move in our lives in such miraculous ways. To encourage, encourage literally means to put heart into. In means to put in. Courage means to put in strength or heart. When we encourage someone, we are putting strength. We're giving them heart. That's exactly what we do when we encourage. Joshua was about to go and do this new thing. But there, there's something we cannot overlook before we move on with Joshua's leadership. Joshua learned how to obey as a servant well before he was commanded as general and leader. The words of Jesus ring through here when he said in Matthew chapter 25, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Aristotle wrote, he who has never learned to obey cannot be a good commander. I remember my pastor once said, you if you can't be a good leader or if you can't be a good follower, you'll never be a good leader. In these 6 verses, we see three times God tells Joshua, or in these first 9 verses, we see God say, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And it ends with all these encouragements and directions. Again, the what's, 
not all the hows. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore their ancestors to give them. In these verses, we've seen God commission Joshua to three things. Lead the people, defeat the enemy, and claim the inheritance. Since Joshua had this threefold task to perform, God gave him three special promises, one for each one of those tasks. God would enable Joshua to cross the river and claim the land. We see that in verses 3 and 4. Defeat the enemy in verse 5 and appropriate the land to each tribe as its inheritance in verse 6. Again, God didn't give Joshua all the explanations of exactly how that was going to happen. He didn't say exactly do these exact things like in these certain ways. He does give him a little bit of the how later. Because God's people, we don't, we don't live on explanations. We live on the promises of God. When we trust God's promises and begin to step out in faith and live our lives that way, we can be sure that God will use us and give us the directions we need when we need them. In this case, God had already given them the land. It was already theirs. Now it was their responsibility to step out in faith and now claim it. And the lesson for us is very clear. God has given us all spiritual blessings. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul tells us, he says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And because of that, we can step out in faith and confidence and claim them because it's impossible to stand still as a follower of Jesus. When we stand still, we actually begin to lose ground. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 says, Let us go on. God challenges his church, his people, to move ahead into new territory. And now before we get too far down this path, it's important to note that this isn't a name it and claim it kind of theology. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that term, but name it and claim it means since God said it, all we have to do is name it and claim it. We don't have any responsibility in it. That is not my theology. The reality is there is still a responsibility on our end. We see what that responsibility is in these next two verses. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The second of the three mentions of be strong and courageous. The first one was in the context of God telling Joshua what was about to happen and then encouraging him to act on it. The second be strong and courageous is mentioned before God tells Joshua what is expected of him as a leader. This is yet another great leadership principle or model. People should know what you expect from them if you're a leader. My coach, I just spent some time with him last week, often gets questions about staff conflicts or difficulties. A high percentage of them, of these questions or challenges, comes down to one simple statement. I've heard him say over and over. When there's a conflict at work, maybe even at home or in a relationship, see if this statement doesn't ring true in your life. 
here's the typical kind of conflict in your life. It just doesn't seem like we're on the same page, right? You know, staff pastor, worship pastor, whatever those things are, like children's director, we're just not on the same page. Just doesn't, maybe this is true of your life, like parenting or marriage or finances. We're just not on the same page. My coach will listen and then he'll ask this very simple and direct question. Let me see the page. Let me see the page. What page are you working off of? You know, the page with the expectations of what to do, when they're supposed to do it, the outcome that's expected of them. Nine times out of ten, there is no page. Here, Joshua give, or here God gives Joshua the page. Let's look at it one more time. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Did you see the page? Be careful to obey all the laws. Do not drift. Do not turn from them so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always, it said, on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then and only then are you prosperous and successful. In other words, remember who is responsible for the victory. Remember you are supposed to live your lives, or we could say the same thing about our lives, differently than other people in other countries. And as long as Israel obeyed God, he would help them defeat these other nations. This is, this is a, a, not just a, a model for us to live by. And the other thing to think about is this isn't the model that Jesus gives for salvation. This isn't like you got to do, you got to work. right? An eternity with Jesus is secured by faith in him, a relationship with him, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that transforms us, not on following every word, every command, every law. But our kingdom impact, our individual impact is affected by our obedience to God's word and his spirit, just as it was for the Israelites. Our service in the world, our, our influence, our growth in life does depend on how much we put into our relationship with Jesus, how we're pursuing him. God also warned them not to compromise with the enemy. He tells Israel over and over, don't compromise, don't compromise. If they compromise, they may win. They may win the war, but they'll lose the victory. Unfortunately, we see that later. They start to compromise, and you start to see how that becomes a, a snag in their life and in their faith. This is why God gave them the laws and commandments, set them apart from other people, to show them the way of, to a blessed life, for them to live a life worth living, not one full of selfish ambition, but a life that looks out for their community and their fellow man and woman. Before God fulfilled his promise, Joshua had to exercise faith and be strong and courageous. God's divine sovereignty is not a substitute for our responsibility. 
God's word is an encouragement to his servants, his people, his kids, to believe God and obey his commands. God's promises are more prods, not pillows. It's as if God knew not only the condition of Joshua's heart, but of the human heart, because he encourages Joshua again. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's one thing to say to a leader, be strong and be very courageous. It's something altogether different to enable a leader to do it. Joshua's strength and courage didn't come from within him. This isn't something he mustered up in himself. Joshua's strength and courage came from meditating on the very word of God. His courage came from believing God's promises and obeying the commands. This was the same counsel that Moses gave to the people as well. Now God is applying it specifically here to Joshua. Joshua had to take time to to read God's word daily, to make it part of his inner person by meditating on it. The Hebrew word translated meditate means to mutter. And the Jewish people would, would mutter this. They would speak it out loud to themselves or discuss it with other people. This explains why God warned Joshua that the book of the law was not to depart from his mouth. One, comment, one commentary I read said it this way. If we don't talk to our Bibles, our Bibles aren't likely to talk to us. In the very life of every Christ follower, prosperity and success aren't measured by the standards of our world. Blessings are the byproduct of a life devoted to Christ and his word. Because if we set out on our own to become prosperous and successful, we may achieve our goal and live to regret it. This is what the Scottish novelist George MacDonald said. In whatever a man does without God, he must fail miserably or succeed more miserably. Because if our goals, if our aspirations aren't Christ-centered, we're just going to have this void that nothing can fulfill. The questions God's people can ask are these. Did we obey the will of God? Were we empowered by the Spirit of God? Did we serve to the glory of God? If we can answer yes to these questions, then we've been successful in God's eyes, no matter what people may think. God's commandments are still God's enablements for those who obey him by faith. Gabriel's words to Mary are true, just as true today as they were when he spoke them in Nazareth. In Luke chapter 1, when he said, For no word from God shall be void of power. God's voice has the power of fulfillment if we trust, if we obey. Just like Moses before him, Samuel and David after him, Joshua had this divine mandate to serve God and to do his will. And that mandate was sufficient to carry him through. This is something I've learned and relearned so many times in my life. I've had to relearn this lesson. You'd think it would be familiar to me by now. I hope you hear the the personal call on your own life in this. I hope you hear that God has big plans for each and every one of you, just as he did for the Israelites. I hope you hear that God has courage and strength for you 
He wants to give these things to you just like he gave them to Joshua. I hope you hear that God is asking you to step into the things that he has called you to and trust that he will provide for you. That you believe God has great things in store for you. I'm learning to create more uh, space for God to speak. I, I listened to a podcast last week. It says, if you create space for God, he will fill the space. Then he was quick to point, like, maybe not in the way you want him to, but when you create space for God, he will fill the space. I'm learning to live, listening to God's word and his spirit, and follow it until I hit a little resistance. And then I'm, I've learned, I'm learning to, like, pause in that resistance, to go back to God and, and pray again, listen to his word and his spirit to make sure I'm doing what he's asked me to do. I'm continuing to learn to walk by faith in the belief that God's command to Joshua is for us today, to be strong and courageous. It's why I have it tattooed on my arm, like I need that personal reminder. Be strong and courageous in what God has called me to do and what God's called me to be. Because I'd rather die following God's direction than live being afraid of being wrong. I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to look back on my life and go, what if? And I have a lot of what ifs in my life. But as best that I can, I want to live my life with that mentality to say, yes, God, now, what's the question? And just be strong and courageous that whatever he asks me to do, I would do it with boldness because he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. My guess is everybody listening wants that same thing. Grab your Connect cards that Jeff talked about. If you've not filled this out, begin filling it out, at least with your name. I'm going to offer you a few next steps now. You may have one that's completely different, but write that next step down, drop it in the offering when it goes by in just a few minutes. The first one is this, accept Jesus for the first time. Maybe today's the day you call on the name of the Lord, you see him as Lord and Savior, and that Holy Spirit that we talk about, God's Spirit becomes active in your life. He begins to put different lenses on your eyes. You start to see things differently. You start to hear things differently. You experience things differently. The Word of God reads differently because the Spirit is the revealer of all truth. He's the guider. He's the provider. You put a, a period in your life, you turn the page, and God begins to write a new story in your life and through your life. And if you make that decision today, Write that on the Connect card. Drop it in the offering that goes by. Be sure to get some resources in the back. You're not meant to do this alone. We'll follow up with you and help provide more uh, information and encouragement. The second is this. Listen, meditate, and obey God's word and his spirit. Then be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord, our God, is with us wherever you go. Uh, we were gone, uh, myself, Nathaniel, Craig, we were in this three-day conference about abandoning average in our lives and being more of the person God's called us to be. And one of the themes was, you're the only you there is. Be the best you you can be because you make a terrible somebody else. Like, isn't that so simple? 
right? But how many of us get conformed to the patterns of this world? We don't have the strength and courage to listen and meditate and ask God, who have you created me to be? What have you created me to do? And then give me the strength and courage. He will equip you. He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. That's what this is about. Be the best you can be because you make a terrible somebody else. The third is receive prayer. You can write your prayer requests on this Connect card. You can leverage the prayer wall in the back. You can email us at prayer at blueashcc.com. I encourage you to pray for one another. But a great way to get prayer is with the prayer teams. We'll have a prayer team up here on my right and one in the back corner on your left. And they'll pray about anything that's going on in your life. Healing, struggles you have, you just want to be blessed, you want to hear from God, they'll just say, God, what do you have for this person? We'll do our best to hear to God, hear from God and then give you that blessing. But this is a powerful way. Some things only happen through prayer, Scripture tells us. I can't encourage you enough to cross that line of fear Get out of that seat, take a few steps, and receive prayer from our prayer teams. They'd be honored to pray for you. And the last is our memory verse. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That is a great verse to write on your heart as a reminder that God is with us. He's not going to forsake us. And I'd rather err on the side of I think it's from God than sit in the seat of fear and wonder what I would have missed had I not moved forward. We're going to go ahead and receive our Connect cards and our offering. Do not put your Thrive cards in there yet. If you've come prepared to uh, give those Thrive cards, the commitment cards, and, or the First Fruits offering, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But I do want to talk about your communion. If you grab one of those communion elements uh, when you walked in. Go ahead and take those out. This is just a reminder. Scripture tells us, do this in remembrance of me when you meet together. And so we try to do this as often as we can. And the problem with doing it every week or most every week is this becomes routine. We don't really think of the, the impact and the weight that this carries. But Jesus' body was literally broken for us. His blood was shed for you and for me. He died a death we deserved. He provided us freedom. He sent his spirit to live in you and me so that we could be equipped to go to the missing, love the marginalized, and live as God's kids. We could be adopted into his family and have full rights as a family member to the king. So I just encourage you when we take this communion and we remember who he is and what he did, we have Jesus Christ literally living in us as we do this. I'm going to pray for this, and we'll talk a little bit about the, the Thrive. God, thanks. Thanks for just a reminder of who you are and what you've done, that you loved us so much that you literally sent your own son to die a death that we deserved, fully man and fully God. You even prayed, let this cup pass, but not my will, your will be done. God, help us to have that mentality in our life. Give us the strength and courage to fight Today's circumstances, tomorrow's troubles, empower us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Change us from the inside out. If you came today and you're here for the 
for your Thrive Commitment Card. We're excited about what God is doing here. I've been, uh, you've been asked or you've, been, you've heard us talk about the last several weeks about our Thrive initiative, our expansion that we've called Thrive. We believe God has asked us to trust him in this, to deepen our roots and expand our reach right here in Blue Ash by expanding our building. Uh, many of you heard, if you were here last week, and if you didn't, I encourage you to go back and listen to this. You might have received an email, but John Perrin, one of our uh, kids' volunteers, talked a lot about this isn't about a bigger building. This is about making space to continue to serve and bless the people God sends to our church right here in Blue Ash. Our heart is to continue to create great environments for people to come and know more about Jesus, the Jesus that loved him enough to die on a cross, but also to, to help them, to teach them, to, to serve these people, to challenge all of us to follow Jesus more courageously. And as our church continues to grow, and it is growing, I'll talk about that in a second, one of the areas we have to pay attention to in that growth is our children's ministry. Because of our Thrive initiative, we'll be able to create these more age-specific groups so that they can best understand at their age how much Jesus loves them. Additionally, as you well know, we'll be able to have specific rooms dedicated with, to kids who have sensory challenges. Our new kids' wing will not only be more secure, it'll have a family lobby so that we can better uh, check new families in and, and meet them right where they are. It'll allow us to create a better guest experience with a larger lobby and the right number of bathrooms. <laughs> I heard somebody say amen, yes. Uh, did you know, studies show that people decide, well, think about this first time you came here, people decide within the first seven minutes if they're going to come back to that church or not. In the first seven minutes, they've decided in their mind if they might come back to that church or not. That's before they've ever heard Craig sing, before they've ever heard me talk. This is why you guys, have, who've, you volunteer, like, we want to be the most welcoming church there is. We want to create great environments for people. Now, why people stay is completely different than why they come back, right? But this helps us in that first seven minutes experience for our guests. And we'll finally be able to provide space for our growing youth ministry. It's continuing to grow, and they'll finally have their own dedicated space. And this same space will help us to have space to leverage trainings that we can have set up before uh, church starts. I see youth over there like, yes, my own space. Again, it helps us uh, it, with our guest experience and prepare our church for what we believe God is going to do in our church over the next 10 years. And part of that is this auditorium. Because of the changes we'll make in the, in the, for the youth and for the kids, it impacts our auditorium. And so by default, we will shift a little bit of our auditorium. We'll have a bigger auditorium, again, to prepare us for the growth over the next several years, the next 10 years we believe God's going to do. And I've gotten this question, like, are we growing? Before COVID, every year, the three years prior to COVID, we were growing by 20% year in and year out. And... Uh, then COVID hit and changed everything. But to give you a snapshot of kind of where we are today, from this same exact week last year, we've grown 14%. So God continues to move. And if you've ever volunteered back in kids' ministry, you'll see that's where a lot of that growth is happening. 
God is moving. He's growing our church. And we believe the Thrive campaign helps us continue to prepare for that. And so today is the day. We've been talking a lot about commitment, your commitment card, and deciding what in your heart to give above and beyond your normal tithes and offerings over the next three years. We've asked if you'd prayerfully consider giving a one-time gift now to help us with the upfront costs of this expansion. So if you've not filled this out, let me help you a little bit. I think we'll have one on this. Do we have a Thrive card on the screen? If not, you can grab one that's on your card. So the first fruits is, again, the the one-time gift that you'd give above and beyond your normal tithes and offerings to help us with those upfront costs. And then you'll have a place on this card to write what you're prepared to give over the next three years, whether you're going to give that in a one-time gift as well or you're going to do that monthly. We've gone the monthly route for us above and beyond our one-time gift this morning. That's our approach. And there's lots of ways you can do this. If you're writing a check, make sure you write Thrive in the memo. You can go online. You can pick the Thrive in the drop-down. If you're preparing to give stocks, we can do that as well. We can help walk you through that. You can just write that on your commitment card. We'll follow up with you on how to best do that. You can also text us at 84321, the amount to that number. So there's lots of ways that we can, you can give. Uh, one quick note on that. One, my, my coach was talking about, we were ironically talking about giving campaigns and these kinds of things, and uh, this guest speaker said, because I had, I think there was a lot of Starbucks cups in this room, in this meeting. And he's like, how much do you guys spend on a Starbucks each, each week? You're like, just think about it. Is it $5? Is it $10? $25? You go every day? Like, do that times four weeks. And he said, he said this to the pastors in the room. Some of you are investing more in Starbucks than you are in your churches. That's not true of me, thankfully. But I, I still heard that and was like, wow, that's an easy way that I can shift some, some of our finances to help with the Thrive campaign. So there's lots of creative ways. And if you want more information, go to our website. So here's what we're going to do. The band's going to, the worship team's going to come back up. They're going to lead us in worship, and we're going to have a moment to decide. And if you came today, you weren't prepared, you're still praying through it, we still have time. We want you to be a part of this victory. No pressure. Again, decide what's in your heart. God loves a cheerful giver we wouldn't want you to give unless you were cheerful about it. We're super excited about sowing these spiritual seeds for generations and people I may never meet to come and know and love Jesus as we know and love Jesus. So I'm going to encourage you to, to fill that out. If you have your, your first fruits offering, you can put it in the offering envelope, however you feel comfortable, and just as Craig did, stick it in our planner as a symbol to plant this financial seed to expand our reach and deepen our roots. I'm going to pray. God, just come. God, thanks for an opportunity that only you could orchestrate. Thanks for this opportunity to, to sow spiritually into the lives of many people we'll get to meet. Many lives we'll get to celebrate through baptisms and child dedications through small groups, through outreaches that we'll, we'll be able to reach other people that don't know how much they're loved by you. And so, God, 
I would just pray right now. God, would you give us your heart for your people? Would, would you remind us how much you've done in and through and for each and every one of our lives? God, that everything we have, as we talked about last week, every dollar that goes through our hands or through our accounts is ultimately yours. Look, God, thank you for giving us an opportunity to, to give some of it back to impact your kingdom and your work. So God, as we drop these or plant these in these planters, help us understand that that represents your kids. The kids that don't know that they're about to be adopted into your family, into your kingdom, give, be given full rights, direct access to the king, to the creator. God, we love you. Thanks for loving us.